Hello and welcome to the Moving Past You radio show. I am your host, Juanita Gaynor, and this show is dedicated to identifying, confronting, and embracing the obstacles that block and delay us from walking in our divine purpose. Each week, we will strive to explore the various obstacles we face as believers and fully embracing God's will for us. Now, today's show is part two of a two-part series that we are dissecting the simple question, what is God's will for my life? Now, last week, we covered eight vital things that can help us identify God's will for our life. And we'll just go over those briefly just to remind everybody what those were, because we will be kind of expounding on a couple of those in a little bit more deeper within today's show. Okay, one of the first vital keys was number one, walking with God. Walking with God is getting his word, understanding his word, delving into his word even more so that you can get a better understanding and to truly know him. Um, Number two was to surrender your will to God's. Basically, you have to go into it wholeheartedly and open about being what God wants you to be and moving how he wants you to move. Three, obey what you already know to be God's will. So many times we have forgotten that he has kind of laid out for us what he wants us to do on earth just in the day-to-day operation of how we live and how we move. Um, As I said last week, you know, God made it very clear that I came to fulfill the law, not to destroy it. So they are things that are already in place. So definitely, definitely we need to begin to obey what we already know. Number four was seek godly input. Surround yourself with people who are seeking after God, who are seeking the same thing that you're seeking, who can call you out on the problems that you're having, who can call a spade a spade, who can just not let things slide, who is going to lovingly correct you as God corrects you. Number five was pay attention to how God has you wired. And this is key because sometimes we think that the purpose and the will that he has given us is too big for us. It's too much for us. But what we need to understand is that God created us to fulfill a specific purpose and role on this earth. And so therefore... We may take longer to get to it. It may happen over 50 years. It may happen over 20 years. It may happen over 10 years. It may happen over the continued lifetime. What he's giving you specifically can only be done by you. You have a purpose to move the agenda of the world forward. Number six was listen to God's spirit. And this is basically, you know, taking the time and prayer and really listening to what he has for you. So many times we go in prayer and we're just saying, you know, God, I need this. God, I want that. God, this is going on. This is going on. That's going on. Work was bad. The kids are acting up. The husband's not acting right. Um, And we never just sit still enough for him to pour into us and to direct us. We ask him to direct us, but we really don't listen for him to direct us. So definitely seek some quiet time and begin to listen in your prayer time instead of talking in your prayer time. So number seven was listen to your heart. And this is a doleful question because when you listen to your heart, that means you're walking with God, you've surrendered your will to God, you're obeying what you already know to God, you have godly counselors around you, you've accepted that the role that he is giving you is only for you and you only, um, you are constantly listening and seeking his advice on things. So when you're listening to your heart at that point, you're in tune to what God wants you to be doing and how he wants you to be living. So your desires become his desires. 
you know so so many dope people do take advantage of oh he said he will give me the desires of my heart yes he will but it has to line up with the word it has to line up with the purpose in which he's giving you you know you may desire you know a ford focus but his goal for you is a bmw you may desire a one-room condo but his room you know desire and goal for you may be a mansion you always have to line yourself up with him because sometimes a lot of the times not sometimes a lot of the times we I know I do I kind of downplay what I'm asking him for and I just think that I don't deserve any more any better and God has so much more so listening to your heart meaning aligning all of the others in place so that when he is speaking to you and when you are speaking those desires those desires are lining up to what God has for you and finally number eight was take a look at your circumstances basically means take a look around you take a look at where you were placed you know we all have goals and dreams and things like that and I've been blessed music ministry has been something that is I love I've been blessed with um however if that wasn't my ministry he I why should I try to do it and I know so many people say, oh, you know, he is what your heart is, what your intention. That is true. But he calls us in different ways to minister to people. You know, I love working with kids. I love working from the little ones up through high school. I love pouring into them and, you know, having them ask questions. But that is a part of the ministry that I have. Um, so if you weren't crazy about children and you decided, okay, I'm just going to do it because I'm going to do it. That is not looking at your circumstances and how you're wired, you know. So you may feel a need, you know, in the interim. But that may not be where you are full time. So definitely remember to take a look at all of those. Now this evening's show is going into, we're going to go to about three of them a little in a little bit more detail um, on different angles. Um, so when we were talking about God's will, um, we find it difficult at times because it requires patience. And patience is not always a virtue for most. I know it's not for me because, you know, I may say we're going to do it. And then I'm looking 15 minutes later. Why are we there? What are we doing? How is this going? How are we going to move? You know, and it is so natural for us to want to know what God has for us all at once. Um, but that's just not how he works how he usually works let let me just not say that's how he works usually that is not how he works because in every person it could be a different situation you know for some he may have laid out your entire purpose to you as plain as day but because the reason he's done that is because you have shown yourself to be someone who has studied and is in the word and you're prepared and you can accept the entire vision laid out. He can trust you with giving you the entire vision and you're going to move forward with it. So for me, and I'm going to speak on myself, he can't give it to me all at once. He gives me glimpse and he gives me direct paths, but he gives me glimpse and things of what the full picture will look like. Because if I knew right now where I was going to be at the end, I probably wouldn't do all the work that's necessary. I would probably try to find ways to circumvent, figure out how I can do this, how I can do that. So therefore with me, he has to take it step by step. And as I'm moving step by step, as I moved with a step of faith, it allows me to continue to trust him. So for most people, that is what he's doing. He is giving you a step. You have to step in faith. And that step in faith is showing that you're continually trusting him. So therefore, he can then impart the next step. You know, the important thing for waiting um, for God's will and waiting on what his direction is, is to wait for the further direction. You know, but we are busy. We've been too busy doing 
good. You know, we've been tutors and whatever, but we do know what to do in the interim. Um, James, the fourth chapter, the 17th verse, um, New Living Translation says, remember, it is sin to know what you ought to do and then not do it. And let me just expound upon that scripture a little bit more. Um, I knew, and I'm going to just go from a personal angle. I knew that God at a very young age, God had called me to minister in song. And what has happened over the past few years, I have let circumstances block that. Like I don't, I couldn't remember the last time that I've ministered in song um, in front of people, just uplifting and whatever. And yes, I've had, you know, trials and tribulations and ups and downs, but I don't have a real excuse to why I haven't been ministering. And so um, when he gave me the opportunity to get over a few things and work on some things, there was like a grace period there. But within the last year, I don't have an excuse as to why I'm not ministering, whether it's, you know, going to a small group or a smaller church, something that I can be ministering before people to bring light. So I have committed sin in that because I know what I'm supposed to do. And so therefore, you know, I should be doing better. You know, so many times we want God to give us the specifics of our lives, like where we to work, where we're going to live, who we going to marry, you know, what car we going to buy, you know, but God allows us to make those choices. Um, and if we are yielding to him, he will prevent us from making the wrong choice. So you never have to worry about you know, making the wrong choice, because if you're fully in tuned and in line with him, he will prevent you from making that wrong choice. Um, Let's the verse that I that will go speak to that is Acts, the 16th chapter, um, the sixth and the seventh verse. And all of the verses today will be coming out of the New Living Translation version. Um, If it comes out another version, I'll let you know, but all of them will come out of New Living Translation. So Acts, the 16th chapter the sixth and the seventh verse Um, and it reads next Paul and Silas traveled through the area of Phrygia and Galatia because the Holy Spirit prevented them from preaching the word in the province of Asia at that time then coming on the borders of Messiah they headed north for the province of Bethina But again, the spirit of Jesus did not allow them to go there. So when you're in tune and in line with what he wants, he will definitely shield you from making the wrong decisions. You know, so now if he's preventing you from making those decisions and you decide to go circumvent it and do it anyways, that's a sin because you know it's wrong. You know that's not where you want it to be going. So listen to his word. Be in line with his word. Now, and going further into identifying God's will for your life, number he wants you to follow him. You know, he definitely wants you to follow him. Um, Exodus 20, verses 1 through 3. And this is going to be the King James Version. And it says, And God spake all these words, saying, I am the Lord thy God, which have brought thee out of the land of Egypt, thou of the house of bondage. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. And this is important because sometimes, you know, we think, huh, okay, I I pray, I do whatever, but you got to wash that car. That car has got to, you got to wash that car before you go to church or you can't go to church or you just got to have that, that house is so much more important than, you know, you worshiping or your spouse is so much more important than you recognizing God as the head of your life. You know, when you think about following him, um, he he's given us the Ten Commandments. You know, he, you know, God 
lets us know that he's just not some God that just sits back and says, as long as you say you believe in me, you can do whatever you want. <laughs> if you go against his any of his absolute truths, it's definitely not okay with him. You know, what's really great about God's rules is that they make sense. I mean, we can follow the Ten Commandments knowing that they'll make our lives better. You know, like the one on honoring your parents. And I'm really big about honoring your parents. Um, And I will tell anybody this, you know, as a survivor of child abuse, there, it just still never crossed my mind to dishonor my mother. You know, and it's just like, and I can look back now and notice that I have been blessed because of that. My life was hard, but it just didn't cross my mind to not honor her. And I'm going to be honest with you, if she was living on this day, I would make sure she was okay because that was my mother. You know, granted, she was a drug addict. She had her own issues, but I would still make sure that she was going to be completely okay to this day if she was living on this earth. So I took, I take that very seriously. And, you know, Exodus twenty twelve states it, you know, if you honor your parents, life at home can be nicer when you obey your mom and dad, you know, or the, one of the most favorite, commandments that I like and I love is about coveting and that is in Exodus twenty seventeen, and it says you know coveting what it does is that it makes you want more and more and more and more and the thing is you're never satisfied that hunger is never satisfied because you want now you want a bigger car you want a bigger car you want a better car you want this you got a bigger house you want more money you want more money you want more money because as soon as John gets it you want you want what John has John's making a hundred thousand dollars you got to make a hundred and fifty thousand dollars John's making three hundred thousand dollars you got to make four hundred thousand dollars and you're always grasping and reaching and reaching and reaching and trying to get to and obtain something that will never fulfill you because you're chasing after things and you're actually chasing after his blessing because what God may have had for him wasn't for you. You could have that 5 million or 500 million But you're not paying attention to how God is trying to direct you to get it. You're too busy worrying about what John is doing. And so because you're running after John and you're looking to see what he has and oh my goodness he has that why does he have that he he don't he only works here he only works there why does he have more than I have and I you know I work in two jobs and I've been an executive and I got a degree I got my PhD I got my master's degree I have my certifications I speak five languages it doesn't matter You didn't have to go through what John had to go through to get to where John is. You don't understand the backstory of what his praise is. You don't understand the backstory of what his struggle is. So you cannot covet someone else's blessing because you think it's, you know, great. Like one key example, the grass is not always greener. And the grass on your side would be greener if you would water it and take care of it and stop neglecting it and worrying about the grass on the other side of the street. Everyone has unique burdens and trials and tribulations that has gotten them to the next level. You know, God knows he really does know what's best for us, you know, and obeying his commandments may seem frustrating sometimes, and a lot of times it does. But obeying them will make you much, much happier in the end. You know, when I think about the commandments, you know, when it says, pick a commandment. Someone asked me one day, what is the commandment that I have the most trouble, I would say, obeying? and dealing with and I'm just like you know like I I can deal with all of you know I don't have any issues in reference to any of the 
commandments. I'm like, I'm, I'm going to obey all of them. I'm, I thought it was a, a crazy question to ask me. But in my struggle and in my walk, what I realized, one of my most challenging ones, even though I did it and I do it freely, it is to honor thy mother and thy father that your days may not be long. That may may be long. That was hard because then I look at the things that she's done and, and I'm thinking, well, why should I forgive her? Why should I love her? Why should I, you know, give her that benefit of the doubt? And at the end of the day, not only is because she's my parent, but because the Lord has given me that directive in order to do so. Now, another one that had been difficult in the past and is thou shalt not kill. And I have not physically killed anybody, but I have killed somebody with my words, my thoughts, and my deed. I have talked ill against them or I have cut them with words to make them hurt or feel bad. Um, I may have ignored them, just dismissed them. So I have killed a person's spirit with my words and my actions and my thoughts. So that is something that I continue to work on to this day because I have to catch myself and I have to say to myself, is it necessary? Is it going to bring good? Is it going to benefit the person you're speaking of? And if these answers are no, then I don't need to say it. And it is a constant day-to-day you know, I'm not even going to say battle It's being conscious daily of what comes out of my mouth, what I put into the atmosphere, you know, life and death lies in the power of the tongue. So I can no longer just put things out there and just think and just walk away and say, I don't have to be responsible once I put it out there, you know, and my prayer to God is to, you know, make me more obedient to these make me more you know aware of when I'm going I'm crossing that line or when you know something I may say could potentially really hurt someone really deeply and they may not can recover from that you know so many people people are looking up to you whether you think so they are or not they're looking to see how you come out of trials and tribulations they're looking to see how you navigate the waters so you have you are ministering in your day-to-day life they want to see how you handle things how you move what's going on so if you are not kind in your word in your thought in your deed it will show and therefore it will cause and create issues and problems and you really just don't want that so Continue to ask God to make you obedient and to keep, you know, his commandments so that you can follow him wholeheartedly and fully. Will there be challenges? Yes, there will be challenges. Will there be times you slip up? Yes, there will be times that you slip up. But you can't slip up knowing, oh, there's grace and God's going to forgive me so I can just do it and he's going to forgive me anyways. We cannot continue to operate like that. We have to continually, we have to operate as if he is coming in the next minute. We have to make it a conscious effort to constantly live for him, through him, about him. It is our goal to be that light that someone else sees so that they can move on to the next level. You know, next he wants your heart. I'm going to read Matthew, the 22nd chapter, verses 35 to 40. And it's New Living Translation. It says, one of them, an expert in religious law, tried to trap him with this question. Teacher, which is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? Jesus replied, You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, 
and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. You know, there was really a time when I think about it that I wasn't walking with God and the um the way I should be. You know, I was so focused on a lot of material things and I was making them so much more important than God. But then I decided at one point, um, like I said, I'm a survivor of child abuse and I made a conscious effort to be obedient to go into counseling to begin to deal with this. And what I realized is that I couldn't love my neighbors as myself because I didn't love myself. I didn't even know where to begin to love myself. So therefore, I had to begin the process of learning to love myself. And so as I began to love myself, it was easier to love my neighbor. It was easier to forgive my neighbor. It was so much easier to begin to love God with all of my heart and my soul and my mind. Because the thing that was blocking me from being able to be fully in the moment and love him and love others was the fact that I didn't even love myself. You know, what this passage of scripture actually shows me is that God wants to be the most important part of my life, you know, and without him really it's pretty, it's meaningless. And I've gone through those challenges where it's just, you're just kind of floating and coasting like, what is my life? What am I supposed to do? You know, the earthly things in your life won't last, but you know, God's love is forever. You know, his love needs to influence our thoughts, our actions, and our words. You know, God's love is real. And in the end, it is the one thing that matters the most. So when I started that journey on, you know, understanding that he wanted my heart, but I had to learn how to love myself within that and to stop, you know, beating myself up. I had to identify the barriers that was keeping me from loving God wholeheartedly, you know, wasn't an attitude, wasn't a relationship, you know, etc. And what I realized is that it was, it started out with an attitude. And it wasn't an attitude, it was an attitude of brokenness. It was just like, okay, well, I've had all these things done to me before, you know, where was God when these things was happening to me? So why should I seek him now? Why should I love him? He didn't love me enough to prevent certain things from happening to me or prevent my abuse or just be there, you know, when we were hungry. So he didn't love me. So why should I, you know, really, you know, give him everything? Even though I knew I should and even though he had shown, you know, the miracles and he had provided, I was still jaded, you know, because... I would also look at, well, you gave me to this woman and she just, you know, was just not the nicest person. You know, what was the point of that? Why, what was my purpose to be here if I was just to be abused and misused? So I had an attitude with him. Like, I don't need, you know, to love somebody or worship somebody or focus on somebody who doesn't really care for me. And then that attitude was not helped because I was in a relationship. And we're talking, when I talk relationships, I mean all relationships, intimate friends, family, girlfriends, cousins. I was in relationships that fed that attitude, because, you know, everything was, oh, girl, well, how did he let that happen? You must not have been good or you must not have been praying enough, you know. And so, therefore, it's just like, well, you got people. I got elders in the church telling me I wasn't praying enough and I was praying. But, you know, obviously I wasn't praying enough or you wasn't thinking about me enough to prevent things from happening. And so 
I had a major attitude problem that I had to overcome and being able to love God unconditionally and wholeheartedly. And that was in seeking counseling and moving through those processes, I began to see that there was a purpose in that pain. The, the greater purpose of that pain because people were looking at me at this point and I'm like, okay, you're not crazy. You're not in somebody's jail. You're not in somebody's mental institution. You're still making it. You're being, you know, you have businesses, you have good career, you have an education, you know, you do have a contingent of people around you that do care for you in spite of everything that you went through you're still standing and I had to be able to see that I had to be able to see that this was the there was a reason behind it I went through this because there's a reason someone else who may be my age right now who hasn't gone to school or who is still wallowing in the you know guilt of being abused um they can look at me and say, oh, wow, you know, she made it. She's doing great. She's living, you know, loves God. And that light, the light of God is emanating from me. So once I saw that it was okay, I have to get rid of this relationship. These people around me, I had to begin, like I said last week, I had to surround myself with godly people. In essence, I had to surrender myself back to him. I had to say, okay, I get it. This is all about you. We're not going to move no further. This is how we are going to do this. And in doing so, it allowed me to say, you know what? I love God with all my heart, with all my mind, and with all my soul. I love him, you know, and, and also what for this process, I really had to ask him once I fully surrendered to him, it was like, you know, Lord, you know, what is it that I have in my life that's competing for your, you know, that's competing with your attention? What do I have going on that is competing meaning it's taking my time my thought my love from you what is it where is it and how can I remove it you know and I ask myself this daily um, every time I wake up in the morning I try to wake up a little bit earlier and just fix my coffee. And I say to myself, how can I show God that I want to love him with all my heart, all my mind and all my soul today? And it can be as simple as I'm going to go into the office with a positive attitude and I'm not going to let any negativity come in. I am going to go in with a heart of praise and worship. I'm going to go in knowing that he is the head of my life and the center of my joy. And I am going to emanate that positivity throughout the office and not let anything distract me. It can be some days where it's just like, you know what? I need to just read my word. I need to really focus on him and in him today and nothing else. It could be when I come home, no television goes on. I do what I need to do. I refocus. I get ready for the day and then I spend that quiet time with him. What is it that you can do that you can show him that you love him with all your heart and your mind and your soul. It could just be writing scriptures, you know, inspirations on your walls, on the mirrors and just reciting them. You know, you may be struggling in your walk and you're just saying, you know what, I haven't got to that point yet, you know, and that's understandable. We all have to get to a point. We all have to get to a limit. We all have a journey. So for you, that may be 
you writing each day, I love myself. And even though you may not feel it, you may not believe it, it's a start. Because in loving yourself, you can then surrender to God fully and fully give him your heart so that he can continue to direct your path and where he wants you to be in life. Is that hard? Yes, it is. It's it is. It's really hard. Um, but it's a process. It is a process. So don't ever fear that. Always, always just know that you he loves you. And he understands it's a process, and that is where his patient comes in. Patience comes in. You know. Also, <laughs> This is the biggest one if you don't understand anything else when it comes to God's will. Um, he wants you to be real. Hosea 6.6 6 says, I want you to show love, not offer sacrifices. I want, to know, I want you to know me more than I want burnt offerings. And let me just expound upon that a little bit, what God gave to me and with that particular scripture at the end of the day you can give me your money your time you can give me burnt offerings you can go ahead and serve the community serve the public be in church preach the word but if I don't know you it's for naught God is saying, I want to know you more than any of that other stuff. I want to have a relationship with you. I want you to come to me and talk to me because I am your father. And I want you to have that open dialogue and open, you know, interface with me. And, you know, when we think about being a Christian, you know, it always seems like, there's rules and regulations and we got to do everything and we get so caught up and worrying about everything we do and we say you know but what god is saying in this verse is that the rules you know isn't always the same following god you know being being a christian it's not just about our actions it's about our attitude you know it sure we we need to live by the ten commandments we do we do need to incorporate them and we need to live by them you know and we need to ask for forgiveness when we sin we do we have to ask for that forgiveness you know but what god wants more than anything is our hearts you know, he, he wants our hearts. He wants our soul. He wants our love. He wants us to be real and intimate with him. You know, we, we have to stop trying to live perfect lives, you know, because perfection is not going to be on this side. It's going to be on the other side, you know. But if we don't truly love God with our hearts, we're not really following him. You know, he wants us to live completely for him and not for ourselves. And that can be challenging because we live in a world where everything happens in a microwave, where everything is about me, 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 I, 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 I want, I want, I want, you know, I need, I need, I need. That is what the society has become. So we forget that and living completely for him it allows and opens up so many avenues and so many doors. You know, when you're living for him, that light shines through you that lets somebody say, you know what, I want what that person has. I want to know what he or she is doing in their lives, that it is just so bright. You know, he... He wants us to do right. He wants us to love him, honor him. He wants us to, you know, live by the commandments. But he doesn't want us to do it because we feel this innate need because we have to. He wants us to do it because we love him. 
and we are seeking covenant relationship with him and we want to do right by him so we want to be in the best light and live for him you know when I think about you know wanting to actually you know be real with God and live for him I think about what are some of the ways I try to please God um and for me again um I try my best to read his word um and to study because I find understanding and love through that I at times you know listen to his you know music and I minister to myself in song you know because it just brings a peace of mind that surpasses so much you know I want to I'll do sometimes on Periscope and I'll just share just little nuggets of wisdom with others just about my experiences in my life and just have those transparent moments and I feel that when I do those I'm you know doing that out of love because because I've come out of being selfish and hiding you know the experiences that I have I am, you know, being transparent. So that means what I'm showing is I'm showing God my love, but I'm also showing love to that person who just may not know if they're coming or going or how they're going to make it, you know, or they have been put down for having the same transgression or issue and not knowing that, you know what, we all make mistakes and that we can get up from that mistake and move forward, you know. Another thing that I think about is I think about how I can show, you know, my faith to others. And that is with the show that is with, you know, my posts and social media. Do I go sideways? Sometimes I do. Sometimes I let my anger get the best of me in a, in a bad situation or emotions get the best of me. But then once I realize that I have to, you know, bring that into submission really quick. And normally for me, that means detoxing for a couple of days, actually going home, sitting in prayer, you know, praying for forgiveness, and then sitting still and having him direct me where I'm going because I never want my word, my thought or, you know, my actions or my deeds to discourage a new believer, a current believer, someone who's not even a believer, but is looking for an answer. I never want to discourage them about what is going on. Um, my prayer daily is that God will show me the way to follow him um, with my heart and not, you know, just within my action. And and doing that, we move to be so much greater in things that we do, you know. See, sometimes I feel in my life, you know, that it just is not going the way I want it to go. And, um... I feel like that I've just plugged my life into Google Maps and it's just like you get, you know, when you plug, you know, go into, you know, go into a direction and you look for GPS and things to put to figure out where you're going. You put in the address to Google Maps and it will then try to find where you're going to give you the best direction. But do you ever get that rerouting? rerouting rerouting okay the first few times is okay but after a while it gets a little annoying and that's what's happening in our lives right now um we've put we're putting our lives into god's hands and we are trying to navigate one way and he's keep saying i'm rerouting you i'm rerouting you i'm rerouting you and you are still trying to go left And he's like, I need you to go right. I need you to go right. Or you decide, okay, I can't go left. I'm going to go straight. And he's saying, no, I need you to go right. I need you to go right. And what happens sometimes is that we keep going the way we want to go to. And then we're at a crossroads and we're stuck. And we're at a dead end. And we don't know what else to do. So now what happens is, is that we have to back up. Beep, 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 beep. We got to back up and go to the part the actual starting point we was actually at 
And then we have to go the way that he told us to go. And normally what happens with that, when we have to do that, we are now delayed in the purpose because now we have to go through the firing process all over again. Now we have to go through the other tests so that we can get everything back in line. And then we have to move forward in which the step that he had us to do. So we have to be conscious in being open to him speaking to us to direct us and waiting for the direction and accepting when he's rerouting us. Because, you know, this is why he does not always give us the full picture of our purpose. Because, like me, I I can speak for me. So I know that I have to go. I'm in Atlanta. So I know that I have to go to Marietta. Well, I'm going to hit 20. And I'm going to go down there. But 20, there's a major accident. And so instead of rerouting and taking back roads or whatever, I decided I'm going to stay on 20. So now I'm late or to the point where I may not have even gotten to go to where I needed to go. I've missed the whole event, the whole opportunity, and now it's passed. And I've just wasted time and gas and energy only to have to turn back around and come back empty handed. And that's what happens when we do not follow the will of God when it comes to him giving us our perfect will for our lives. We decide that we need to do it our way. So that's why he gives us the bits and the pieces. So and that's not, let's not say bits and pieces. What he does is that he will give us one step. Then we have to take the step in the faith and to execute that step before he gives us another one. You know, so therefore we constantly do not get ahead of ourselves and our purpose and where he wants us to do. Because when you take the time and follow the directives, you got to understand your walk has people along the route. Some people you have to pick up, some people you have to put down, some people are going to walk with you, some are going to go over to the other side. Some are just there to see how you're progressing and to give them strength. Others are there to lift you up and help carry you. Others are there only for the season to get you through certain things. So you have to go through the proper process. You have to go down the proper road because if you go down the wrong road you then are now connecting with people and things and situations that wasn't a part of your purpose so when you get too far you have to roll it back because now you have to be cleansed from that because that wasn't a part of the purpose that wasn't a part of the walk that wasn't a part of where he needed you to go. So he has to be bring you back to reprogram you. So now you have to continue and you got to do the parts you did do. You got to do them all over again so that you're getting the right message to move forward and the right building blocks. It's like you don't go from the fifth grade to the twelfth grade. You don't go from the first to the fifth grade. It is a building block. You know, now sometimes you can go from the first to the fifth grade. But the reason you can is because you've shown the proficiency to be at that level so that you can take it to the next level. He's not going to jump you and you're not ready for that jump. And you're not ready to make that move. You know, he equips us in everything that he calls us to do. But we have to be willing to be obedient to what he has for us. You know, we have to be willing to follow him completely in everything he asks us to do, openly and knowingly obeying what we already know to be what he has the will and the obedience for us here on earth in his Ten Commandments. You know, he wants to have our complete and explicit heart. You know, and the process of doing that, if you can't, if you 
don't feel that you can love him or your neighbor or anyone else fully is deep digging deep within self to identify what is preventing you or causing you not to love others or love God wholeheartedly and then allow him to work that process so that you could begin to love yourself so that you can love others so that the light of him can shine through and that you can fully surrender to him and finally he wants you just to be real be real with him you know he knows everything but he wants you to come to him and say dad I'm having these issues I'm having this problem this I don't like how this is going this doesn't feel good what should I do he wants you to come to him in that state of you know as a child coming to their father seeking the advice and the guidance for their life it's not going to always be easy there's going to be some tough roads you're going to slip sometimes and that is completely understandable and it happens but what you do is you ask for forgiveness and strive for perfection notice I said strive we're not going to be perfect but we strive for perfection and always think about the things that we are doing within living our will, God's will for us, his perfect will for us. I just want to thank you so, so much for listening to the Move Past You radio show. I want you to be sure to um, visit us on Facebook. Um, We have a group, um, Moving Past You, just search for it. And you can join the conversation. You can access show notes and you can get awesome bonus content. Um, You can also subscribe to us um, on Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. Just search for Moving Past You and it will come up and you subscribe to us and you can listen to us on demand at any point in time that you would like. And I'm always going to leave you with this. Always remember to be kind in your word, in your thought, and in your deed. You have a wonderful, wonderful evening. Be blessed and I will speak with you soon.